Hey everyone, thank you for listening to Verified and tuning in today. We're so excited to have Alyssa from Easy here with us today. Hey Alyssa, what's up? Like, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. I'm happy to be here. I'm so excited that you're here. I've actually used some of your products. Um, last year, the president of our last, um, I held an event with him and he donated a whole bunch of um, pads and tampons to um, Ryerson female students, which was great. Mm-hmm. And I took a couple boxes, I'm not going to lie. Good, stock up. <laughs> so you're a Ryerson alumni. Yes. Um, and you studied psychology. Yes, I graduated from psych here at Ryerson in 2013. Nice. And during your time at Ryerson, you also took an entrepreneurship class. Yes. So I just want to dive into that a little bit because for some people, that's a little bit different to be in psych and take entrepreneurship. But I was researching and I found one interview and you said, your um, entrepreneurship prof said, great businesses are created by finding a pain and solving it. So what is easy? How did you, one, recognize a pain? And then how did you solve that problem? Mm -hmm. Oh, you did your homework. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Easy is a delivery service for organic cotton menstrual hygiene products. So we deliver 100% organic cotton pads, tampons, and liners to your door. And then we donate a portion of our profits to delivering pads to girls in Kenya. And so the pain that I set out to solve when I was starting the company was basically I'm somebody who's struggled with painful periods and really just like feeling generally like crap around my period. Mm -hmm. And I used to joke that I wished somebody would just like knock on my door and have my tampons for me. And that was one less thing that I had to worry about. And that was just like an idea that stuck with me. And I would talk about it on my spare time with my friends and say like, imagine how cool it would be if there was a service that just Mm -hmm. delivered your tampons. And anybody that I approached with that idea was like, that's actually a really good idea. Like, does that exist? And if if not, why not? So, yeah, that was the pain and kind of like the catalyst for just kind of jumping in and making it happen. Nice. So I want to go into what EZ's mission statement is. Mm-hmm. How, what is, one, your business mission statement? And then I want to know if you could create a mission statement for your own life what would that mission statement be? Mm, Yeah, I like that. So when I started the company and came up with the name, the kind of tagline that I put with it was, you do enough, let's make this easy. Mm. And the kind of thinking behind that was throughout my life, I said it before, like I've been surrounded by powerful women, just like really taking life kind of by the horns and like not letting their circumstances define how they would run their household or how they would raise their kids or how they would show up at work. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was always inspiring to me. And that was just kind of the norm for me. All of the women in my life were kind of juggling a million things and like making it just look like that's how it is. And as I started to get older, I started to recognize like how challenging life really is And that's me as a single woman without any kids. And it started to dawn on me how impressive it was that all of these women were juggling work and relationships and children, running a household. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on top of that, bleeding for four to seven days and cramping and having PMS and all of the other things that go along with it. So 
yeah, my mission was like, you do enough, let's make this easy. Like, let's just kind of reduce the pain around periods in some small way. And then I really like that question, like a mission statement for my personal life. Like, I think kind of the through line in everything I do is this desire to show other people like the power that's within them Mm -hmm. or remind them of it. I think uh, we all are so powerful in our own unique, unique ways, but often society kind of like shows us this ideal in any one area Mm -hmm. and we can grow up striving to like be the ideal rather than like looking within and seeing what's unique about you, like what sparks joy in you, what lights you up and then like following that thing. So yeah, like, like if I could leave one mark behind on anyone I've ever met or like make a difference in just like one person's life, my goal would be for them to realize the power that they have, like just innately by being who they are. I love that. That's so beautiful. You are actually like a force to be reckoned with and you're very powerful in starting easy because you went from being a researcher to a CEO and an entrepreneur. And within that, that stemmed from finding a fault and a flaw in the medical, well, um, I don't know if the medical system would be the right word, but large corporations weren't being accountable and transparent to what are actually in their products. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just want to talk about that because to enter into such a, to compete with such big companies, Mm -hmm. one, how were you able to do that and start your brand when you have huge companies like Always and Tampax? How did you manage to create a brand for yourself and actually tell women to start caring about the things that are in these products? I feel like we live in a time where everyone's like, oh, everything's organic. Why should I care? Mm -hmm. So one, how do you get women to care and how do you compete with that? Yeah. Yeah, that's another good question. So like, Originally, when I was starting the business, I just wanted to do a delivery service for the products that I'd been using Mm -hmm. since I started menstruating, which were those big brands. I didn't know any different. Like my mom used those. That's what I used. And then kind of having that background in healthcare research, I wanted to do some homework on those products before I started sourcing them and like distributing them. And as I did... I started delving into this weird underbelly that talked Mm. about like the whitewashing of tampons and these bleach byproducts that were in them and all of these lawsuits that were um, being filed against these companies because of the health side effects, um, toxic shock and like just really terrible Mm. side effects. So uh, dioxin is one of the the bleach byproducts that is a known carcinogen. Um, these synthetic fibers that can shed in the vaginal walls, like all of this really concerning stuff. And so I personally then at that point was like, okay, like I'm not, A, I'm not using these products anymore for myself and B, I'm definitely not going to market them to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I had to find an alternative. And I was somebody who already like shopped at the health food store for groceries. And so I started using a natural product from the health food store, and that's actually the product that I now source. So, yeah, it was actually like a bit of a learning curve for myself, and it was really timely because it was right around the time I was starting the business. Mm -hmm. So as soon as we came out, it was organic only. And, yeah, it's definitely a challenge because not only are you trying to change behavior and say this product that you're so used to kind of it being a pain and you have to go pick it up will deliver it, Not only that, but 
it's a completely new brand that you're unfamiliar with, um, but has all these positive uh, kind of upsides, mm-hmm. like no bleach, no pesticides, no synthetic fibers, no plastic. It's biodegradable. It's hypoallergenic. It's kind of a no-brainer once you sit and compare. Yeah. But it is definitely a, a big change in behavior for people. So I think the biggest thing is like building trust. So people need to kind of engage with the brand and see that it's coming from a genuine place why we're marketing you this product. Mm-hmm. And like, it's authentic. Like I genuinely made that change myself and it sparked a deeper interest in providing this service because I was like, women need to know this. Like how I considered myself fairly well-educated. Mm-hmm. Like how did I never know that there was an organic option or why there would even be a need for one? Like I've just figured if this is a product on the shelf at Shoppers Drug Mart, that it's safe. And yeah. it's like, I guess I, I, I was wrong in making that assumption, which is scary. I think for me, hearing that too, I I learned very recently and I learned through your company as well, like having those workshops, learning about what's going into my body. That is terrifying. When, you, when you're ignorant, they say like, ignorance is bliss. It genuinely is because the moment you find out like, oh, what I'm putting inside of me comes with chemicals. There's horrible side effects. It could give me like, could do a lot of damage to my body in the future. I don't think you want to think about that when you're, in that moment of having to like love your body and it's such an intimate time of the month already and like you don't want to add that stress so thank you for educating yourself because now I feel like a lot of women have women have been educated through the process of you um, which is beautiful Mm -hmm. Um, and we just like deserve that information like and it's about holding these corporations accountable like how dare you not um innovate Mm -hmm. and find a way to create a product that's safe and healthy for us and for the environment. Like you have the money to do so. Like it's just, it's kind of gross. Like it's mind blowing that they're not trying to hop on the organic train in 2020 Mm -hmm. um, when everything is health positive and body positive. You think they would invest a little to get a better investment out of it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, like my only thinking around that is either a, they think, the consumer is ignorant enough mm-hmm. that they don't need to, or B, they think it might raise questions around the current product. Yeah. If they come out with now the organic one, it's like, well, what the hell is the old one <laughs> that we've been using? Yeah. But who knows? Maybe they will. Hopefully they will. Yeah. <laughs> this is us challenging you. Um, okay, so within that, so within Easy, you actually hold conversations. Um, some of those conversations are very uncomfortable for people. Um, because it is, we've been institutionalized and um, traditionally t- speaking to not talk about certain conversations. And one of those conversations is around our periods. Um, you did an interview where you talked about how conversations within women, women's health issues are actually privatized and we're not supposed to have those. They're very hushed, hushed. Mm-hmm. So and as a way to address this, you actually created a campaign called the No Shame, Shame Campaign. Um, so I just want to know, how does Easy address um, the shame behind periods with this campaign? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with the No Shame campaign, it was like a series of out-of-home ads. So they were in washrooms across the city of Toronto, both men's and women's washrooms. And these ads depicted kind of like typical scenes that somebody might experience when on their period. For example, leaking blood on their bed sheets 
or like having a tampon string hanging out, like Mm -hmm. things that are in a private setting so normal to somebody who menstruates, but in the public setting, it's like shocking for somebody Mm -hmm. to see like, what? (laughs) A tampon string in like between a woman's legs? Like, how dare you? It's just like, settle down. Like that is our experience. And if it offends you, I'm sorry. Um, But like, get familiar with it Mm -hmm. because it's real. And yeah, I think the point of the campaign was to start a dialogue. So, and it sure did start a dialogue. Like it really got picked up by press. And then you see like in the comment sections, the various responses to this sort of like outing of this private experience. Um, And I don't really care necessarily what the conversation is. It's Mm. just that it's happening. Like, for sure, some people are going to be uncomfortable. Some people are like, yeah, whatever, that's, it is what it is. Um, it's just that we're talking about it. Like, and that's something new over the past few years where you'll see magazine articles or even magazine covers mm-hmm. talking specifically. Like there was a magazine cover. I can't remember the name of the magazine, but the headline was there will be blood all about like the changes within this wow, industry. Wow, that's very juicy. Yeah. And it's like... This is a shift, and I I don't think we're in any way responsible for the shift, but I'm excited to be a part of it mm-hmm. and kind of have jumped on this idea at a time where people were ready to have this conversation um, and contribute to it in some way. What's the biggest outcome or lesson that you've learned from doing this campaign? Mm, I think um, to be less afraid to take risks. Like I worked with an ad agency on the campaign and I was like very heavily involved. Mm -hmm. Um, But they had originally pitched some concepts to me in a similar vein, but like a little, uh, even pushing the the limits further Mm -hmm. to a point where even I was uncomfortable. And I was like, I'm not okay (laughs) with that. So we pulled it back a little bit. but still, like when I showed my family members the draft of it and stuff, they're like, uh, like, are you sure mm-hmm. you want to put that out there and like have this represent your brand? And in my gut, my answer was, yeah, like I am sure. And so I went for it and I have no regrets about it. Like the amount of messages that I got from women being like, thank you for validating our experience. Mm-hmm. And literally I had a bunch of the posters left over. And so I put them up on our website for anyone who wanted them. And like a bunch of people ordered the posters. So I shipped them out and they like hung them up in their rooms. I love that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that you're saying it's validating our experiences and it's taking us away from hush hush to like, yeah, other women experience that. Cause I think that's the mentality is like, if you leak on a bed, oh my God, clean it. Even if it's at another female's like, oh, I can't believe I did that. It's so embarrassing. And then you're like, wait, like through your campaign, no, like, other women go through this. This is so normal. This is what happens. I shouldn't be like hurting myself like mentally for something that is physically like biological. For Um, sure. Yeah. And it's like, I think it does a lot of harm to keep those experiences hidden because the less we talk about it, the less people care, Mm -hmm. the less research there is into menstruation. And we need that research. Like Mm -hmm. in order to help women who are having painful periods, who have endometriosis, who have fibroids, like we need dollars, we need eyes, we need research. And the only way we're going to get that is if we say, 
hello, like this is happening. Yeah. Like, stop ignoring it. This is a this is a real health issue. So mm-hmm. so I do wanna talk into like some of the responses that you were getting that was it all positive? Definitely not. Okay. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of like ignorant and appalling responses mm-hmm. that I had to especially on Yahoo.ca for whatever reason it got the story got picked up there. And like the comments on that site, I just had to be like, okay, I can't engage mm-hmm. with these. Like, and I think that's just a lesson too. Like, anytime you're putting something out into the media, you don't know who is on the other end of that computer exactly, yeah. picking that up. And like, it's going to resonate with who it's meant for. Mm-hmm. And that's who I care about. Like, that's something I've had to learn too, just like as a general kind of marketing principle is like, this is not for everyone. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a certain community of people who I want to shine a light on and kind of like create a connection with. And it might also reach people outside of that desired community, but it's never going to be for everyone. And that's exactly. okay. Yeah. That's a huge takeaway. And I think one of my favorite lessons in, in life is that. Not every person is going to like you. Not every person is going to like what you do, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because there are people who you are helping. There are people who, when you speak, they're listening. So just don't try to be a people pleaser. Just know that what you're doing will impact who it needs to. Mm -hmm. Um, Like how bland would you have to be for everyone across the board (laughs) to be fucking with you? It's like, okay, no, I want to have some spice. So that some people are like, no, that's not for me. And some people are excited. Mm-hmm. And I like being like, not to say categorized, I actually hate when people put me in a box, but I like being like the different one. And um, I like when I can connect with other people through that difference. It's like, like you're saying, I don't want to be bland. I don't want everyone to identify with me because that wouldn't make a cool story. That wouldn't make a good story. And I feel like my life story has value because people can identify with it. But if everyone identified with it, uh, mm-hmm. probably not going to write that story down. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, anytime you're being authentic, you're necessarily going to be different. Exactly. Like if you're resonating with everyone, it probably means that you're toning down parts of yourself or like trying to blend in in mm-hmm. some way. Yeah. Don't blend in. Stand out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... It is clear and I think it's evident that there's power in making people uncomfortable and putting, it's very interesting that you put these posters and these campaigns in male and female bathrooms. And I think that's very inclusive to accept people into this conversation to be like, hey, this happens, be aware that this happens. And it also breaks the gender norm to be like, there are people who might use this bathroom that actually might not like who might be going through this as well. So it's Mm -hmm. just a way to accept everyone in. Um, Like you said, that campaign was very risky. Um, And to start that conversation, everyone might not want to like run into the beach with a a tampon hanging out. Um, So what are some ways that women can reclaim their bodies and start a conversation? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think like, for example, for me um, with my current partner, Um, I'm pretty open and honest with him, like about Mm -hmm. my cycle and that's all new to him. Like, I'll be like, yeah, I'm, it's before my period right now. Like I'm PMSing. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like shit, like I'm tired or I'm like moody. Like things are more, I'm more irritable right now. Mm -hmm. Or like when I'm on my period, like if I'm having cramps, just like if he was having a cramp in his leg, he'd be like, oh, my leg, I'm having a cramp in my leg. Like, I'm having cramps. It's just like an open dialogue, which I think there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it can actually help 
the people around you understand it more. Mm-hmm. And like I've talked to him about like hormones and how I'm trying to balance my hormones. And he's like, this is like all new to me. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of any of this. Um, other than that, I think like on a personal level, just like honoring your period and mm-hmm. not trying to like wrap it up tight and like forget it's there. Um, it's like a pretty sacred time for women. And mm-hmm. I think remembering that, like a lot of cultures treat it that way. A lot of cultures also treat it the opposite, but yeah. trying to respect what your body's doing. Like your body has literally just prepared to create life that mm-hmm. didn't occur. And now you're shedding that ability to create life. Like that's pretty big. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we can just like play it off as like, oh, she's bleeding or she's crampy. It's like, it's bigger than that. And Mm -hmm. like, if we can own that ourselves and like treat it that way, I think then um, we give permission for other people to look at it that way instead of kind of downplaying it. Yeah. I love that. You're creating life, but it didn't happen. And this is the outcome of that. That's so beautiful. I'm going to use that now. And also just for the conversation with your partner, having those conversations can begin in your private sphere, in somewhere that conversations have been hush-hush. When I first started dating my partner, he didn't have a garbage in his bathroom. Um, and that was something over time. He ended up putting a garbage in the bathroom because I have to like dispose of my mm-hmm. products. Or I'll clog your yeah. toilet. Sorry. <laughs> but that was so interesting that... Um, and for me, at first I was so uncomfortable. We'd be like, oh my God, like I have to go to the kitchen to like dump this. And then it was just like me having that conversation. He's like, yeah, I'll just put the garbage in the bathroom. And I was like, oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Um, And I feel like more people are actually accepting of it, but you get grossed out within yourself first. But once you're like, hey, this is it. Um, Mm -hmm. So normal. And then they actually think of it that way too. For sure. Um, Like, I don't think we can expect other people to respect it or like treat it with reverence until we do. Exactly. And that's like with everything. Like if there's flaws on your physical being that you see as flaws, until you can figure out a way to just like love it, accept it, own it, then you can't expect other people to, mm-hmm. you know? Own it. Um, so these, there's two cards in front of you. One card says yes and one card says no. Okay. And we're going to play a game. It's never have I ever, but we created it to play the no shame game. Cool. Um, have you ever been shamed for leaking? I'm trying to think. Uh, I've, Felt shame for leaking. Okay. Okay. Um, have you ever used toilet paper in desperate measures? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I want to create a whole ad campaign around that because my mom and I call it like a wad. Mm-hmm. Like I'm at wad status. If it's like I, I just need like some toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Right? Anyway. No, it's okay. Um, Priya, who came in earlier today, I was in like the basement um, and I just got my period at work and I was like, and I was texting them because we have a group chat. And I was like blowing it up and no one answered. I was like, okay, like, I guess wad it up. And then Priya's like, oh, I, I have a tampon. I'll meet you. So then I went on the first floor bathroom and it was just funny. So it's like girls supporting girls, but desperate measures call for desperate, desperate times. Mm-hmm. Um, or desperate times call for desperate measures. <laughs> um, okay. So have you ever used your period as an excuse to get out of work? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Um, and have you ever asked someone random for a tampon? Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. Have you ever hit a tampon up your sleeve because you were embarrassed? Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. have you ever leaked in white pants? 
Okay. Um, Thank God. Do you have a worst period story that you would feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, I have a lot. I definitely leaked once at work on a white chair in a meeting. Ooh. How did did you like come into that? Like, did you clean it up? I I had to go away, grab something, come back and clean it up. I don't think anybody noticed, but inside I was like really bad. And actually recently I was on a trip with my partner and his family for Christmas and didn't expect to get my period on that trip. We're in Jamaica. There's no tampons around. And we had like a two-hour drive to the airport. I was on WAD status because I didn't have any supplies. And then we got to the airport and, yeah, like I had to change. And it was just so Uncomfortable, shitty. yeah. The, I actually, that's funny that you're saying like on on a white chair. Um, I think, I don't know if it was the very first time, but I remember being grade six and like you have assemblies. And I was in white skinny jeans because at that time skinny jeans were popping. I had like every color. And I got my period in the middle of the assembly. Mm-hmm. And I like, thankfully, it was in the stage like you wear like polo shirts and then you like tie a sweater over top of your mm. polo, like super preppy for no reason. And I tied the sweater around my white pants. But when I got up, there was like a huge red puddle and I was in grade six. I think I was one of the only girls who have had their period at that time. And I was just like, I like played it off to be like, oh, what's that? <laughs> like, I was really trying to act like it just wasn't run. me. Yeah. Uh, but that was not a fun time. And it, you didn't have people to be like, no, it's okay. Like it's normalized. Like it happens. I remember going home and like feeling so bad about myself. And my mom was like, no, no, you're good. But then threw out the white pants because you can't bleach that. That's done. No. Um, very intense situation. Um, okay. So now I want to get in, take a little turn. Thank mm-hmm. you for playing the game. That was a lot of fun. My pleasure. Um, so woman empowerment. So what was the best lesson a woman has ever taught you? Ooh. Huh. I don't know. <laughs> That's hard. Best ever. I think, I don't think it's like a, a sound bite necessarily, but just kind of like, we'll figure this out. Mm. Like, we got this. I like that. Yeah. Life happens. You just go with it. Yeah. There have been so many like desperate or like terrible situations that I've been through. Mm-hmm. And like, you just got to get through. Like, you just got to figure it out. Find mm-hmm. a way. Like, we got it. Figure it out. I like that. Um, okay. So a little more researching. So you wrote a piece called I'm Scared of My Dreams. Um, And in it, you said, I'm grateful that I can admit that I'm scared of my dreams and then I go get them. And I think that is so meaningful. (laughs) Um, But what's the process for motivating yourself? Because sometimes when people are scared of their dreams, it's just a dream. Um, They're hard to chase. Like it's hard to chase. It might seem like out of the way. But for you, you visualize it, you're scared of it, and then you still get it. What's that process like? Yeah, I'm a big like believer in writing. So, okay, what I often do is like if I have a specific fear or like something's coming up and I'm feeling all the fear, I'll write down exactly what my fear is. Like I'm scared at this event, I'm going to sound stupid or mm-hmm. I'm not as like qualified as the other people on the panel or whatever, whatever. So I write a list of fears and then I combat the fear like on the page. like, And I try to channel like my higher self. Like who, 
Like if I was the woman who I imagined myself eventually being, how would I respond mm. to myself? Like if I'm afraid of being like the least um, educated or least um, experienced person on the panel, I'll respond to that fear within myself and say, listen, your experience is all you can talk on. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee there's going to be somebody in the room who needs to hear like just what you have to say or who has that same fear and like needs to hear something from the place that you're coming at it from and maybe wouldn't resonate as well with somebody who's more successful or more educated mm -hmm. and really just like combat it for myself on the page. Um, and like visualization is big for me too. Like, for example, tonight I'm speaking on a panel. And so just really picturing myself up there, picturing like the people in the room who need to hear what I might have to say mm -hmm. and just picturing it going well, picturing people walking away feeling good about themselves, like that kind of thing. Nice. I'm actually going to use that, like writing down my fear and then combating it. I like love writing affirmations every morning because that just helps me go into the mindset. But that is like a whole new wave of thinking. So I'm, I'm definitely going to use that. Um, this is a question I love. And it also, I feel like self-love, body positivity, um, women are really fueling off of it. And I know this is something me and my friends do is we motivate each other and encourage each other. And it, it's, we're our own critics of everything. So even when your friends are saying, no, you're good, you're fit, you're healthy, you know that maybe you're not at your best or you know you mm -hmm. could be one step ahead. So one, what does self-love look like to you and how do you practice it? Because I feel like the practicing part, a lot of women, everyone needs help and some advice on how to start that practice. Yeah. Um, I've definitely had a journey with that. Like I struggled with that a lot and like just a negative sense of self. Mm -hmm. And I read um, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. It's like a game-changing <laughs> book. And it actually has like exercises in it. And I actually did them. This nice. was like a long time ago, but... I feel like that had a profound effect on me. So for example, she'd have you look in the mirror and look at yourself and be like, I completely love and accept myself. And like look yourself in the eye and say, mm -hmm. I completely love and accept myself and like try to believe it. Yeah. And um, it's gotten so much easier over time. Like I remember high school, like beginning of university and stuff, really struggling with that. Like really just like having negative thoughts about myself mm -hmm. or like my appearance being really, really critical and not to say that I don't still have my days, but I've, I think the biggest thing is I've learned to just accept myself. Like this is who I am and mm -hmm. like find the good in it. And I think another thing with self-love is like, it's not always selfish um, to find a way to love and accept yourself because the sooner that you can do that, the sooner you can like look outside of yourself and help somebody else mm -hmm. or like inspire somebody else. Cause the more time that we spend friggin' obsessing over like how our face looks, how our hair looks, how our body looks, think of all the time we're wasting where we could like be doing things to improve the world or like mm -hmm. at least improve the world for the people around us. So it's a waste of time at the end of the day to like not love yourself. Mm -hmm. And it kind of keeps you from doing like the bigger thing that you're probably meant to be here for, like not fixing your hair. Yeah. I like that you said 
um, it's not selfish because I feel like a lot of times people, it's this narrative, it's okay to be selfish, but it's actually not selfish to love yourself. Don't say that loving yourself is selfish. You're doing it because that effect will then benefit someone else. Mm -hmm. That is very good advice. I really like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to dive into what I kind of spoke to you about earlier about Verified and the creation of this podcast. Um, So I hope you had time to think about it. Um, So if you could redefine the word verified, how would you explain it? Hmm. Yeah, so I guess for me, to be verified means that you... I'm going to come at it from a different angle, but I guess basically whoever you want the audience to be for whatever you're doing... Like that could be making a podcast, that could be just the way you live your life, Mm -hmm. your writing, your artwork, whatever it is. It's finding a way to like portray a narrative that speaks to that audience. So it's not like a one-way verification where they're just verifying you or you're just verifying them. It's like you have tapped into like the story and the feeling that you want your audience to feel. Mm -hmm. And so now like together you're verified. I don't like know if that. that. Makes sense, no, that makes complete sense. I think that's <laughs> one of the deepest explanations of verified we've had on this podcast. I like to go deep. <laughs> um, before we go, do you have any plugins? Um, do you want to plug in your personal Instagram, your company's Instagram? Sure. Yeah. So my uh, personal is my first name dot last name, Alyssa dot Bertram um, on Instagram, on everything. And then for easy, it's at easy period on everything. And there's a website for that as well. Yeah, uh, easyperiod.ca. You're beautiful. Thank you so much for being here yeah, today. That was a beautiful you. conversation. I hope all of the listeners enjoy that. Um, before you go, we do have a special gift for you. We like to give yes. everyone a bag. And within it, there's a t-shirt and a little more yes. information about us. Thank you. I already requested a, a t-shirt and I... <laughs> Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for being here and thank you for everyone for tuning in. Have a great week.